0: Hey everyone, this is Dr. Tim Cummings,
1: and this is Dr. Jess Cummings,
0: and this is the Healthy Kansas City Podcast.
1: On this episode of the Healthy Kansas City Podcast, we interview Dr. Anna Esperham, who is a pediatrician at Children's Mercy here in Kansas City. She specializes in dealing with um, acute headaches, which her work is just phenomenal. So we're super excited to have you guys listen to what she has to say about that and all the things that she's doing to treat headaches at the neurology department in their headache treatment center there. And then she is also the um, owner and CEO of Health is Pow Her. so. We're super excited to have you guys hear about her new business and what she's doing to help women with chronic pain um, get past that. And she's just doing phenomenal work.
0: Yeah, Anna is one of our favorite people. She is such a dynamic healthcare provider and person. Mm -hmm. The thing that I think you all will appreciate about this episode is she's an open book. She shares openly about her health problems going through medical school, what led her to integrative medicine. It's a very personal story. And I think it's really inspiring too that Anna is now doing something that is giving back to the community around her from the struggles and the things that she learned through her struggles. Um, Empower Her is just a a really neat project that she started and we will include links to her website and her podcast in our show notes. Um, And we hope you guys just really enjoy um, hearing her story and her expertise And, um, as always feel free to leave a review. If you love the show, five stars, pound that review button and five star button for all you iTunes listeners. And if you don't want to leave a review, that's okay too. We just hope you enjoy the podcast and have a great day.
1: Welcome back to the Healthy Kansas City podcast, and today we are so excited to introduce you guys to Dr. Anna Esperham. She is a pediatrician at Children's Mercy here in the Kansas City local metro area, and she directs the Headache Treatment Center there. Plus, she is a boss babe now and the CEO of health is power,
2: correct? Yeah. So
1: Anna, take it away. Yeah, welcome.
0: Welcome <laughs> yeah. to the Thanks.
2: podcast. Thanks so much, guys. And it's so good to reconnect with you all. Um, yeah. So yeah, so I, um, I lead this new, which is really cool. It's um, the first of its kind in the country, this headache treatment center, which is awesome um, because not many um, hospitals and medical centers treat um, children's pain, I think, the way that, people need Mm. So this headache treatment center really helps kids instead of going to the ER, instead of going to urgent care and just getting, you know, one treatment that is most commonly an intravenous medication therapy that may or may not work. um, We actually can do all kinds of therapies, both medicines and also non-medicines like acupuncture, like hypnosis, um, doing a little bit of aromatherapy while we're doing maybe a procedure like nerve block which help decrease the pain cycle that this kid's undergoing especially when the child has a chronic daily headache for several months for example and so it's just a different way to treat headaches um, that we found is very beneficial when we did our retrospective chart review that just got published in the Journal of Child Neurology that showed that all of our treatments helped um, these kids um, with short-term management of their headaches And so um, we're just part of a bigger um, headache section in the neurology department at Children's Mercy. And so, I mean, we have several practitioners. And so the headache treatment center is kind of first line. That's where the early intervention happens. Because if anyone knows pain, the earlier you take care of the pain before it becomes chronic, the better off you're going to be able to treat it and avoid disability because Headaches and migraines are like number three in terms of causing disability. I mean, I'm sure you guys have heard of low back pain causing disability. Well, migraine yep. is kind of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm sure as PTs. So um, so anyway, there's the headache treatment center, that's first line where you're treating the child's headache if they can't treat their, that they're treat their headache at home. And then second line is where they're going to the headache clinic. You're preventing the headache with either supplements, which is usually magnesium, vitamin B2, or um, CoQ10, coenzyme Q10, or ubiquinol. Usually though, these take several weeks to work. And in order for them to work, You you can't just rely on the supplement, you can't just rely on medicines to treat migraines or headaches, you have to rely on the whole person, you have to rely on self care. So 20% is really what the provider um, does or the pill does to the patient. It's really about sleeping well, it's eating well, eating healthy meals, um, getting the right nutrition, staying hydrated, um, and stress coping. Stress is the number one trigger of headaches, unfortunately, and it can cause worsening headaches in terms of chronicity, in terms of causing chronic headaches and more difficult to treat headaches. And then our third um, clinic is where we have a comprehensive headache program for kids who have a lot more kind of anxiety and depression and and really tough to treat headaches where they see a psychologist a social worker and um a physician and um, spend several hours at the clinic working through some of these issues in order to get better so um so that's my day job and then (laughs) and then my weekend job is i um, built this health is power um, business um, several months ago, kind of earlier on in the year, because um, you know I'm in this. As I was saying earlier, I'm in this conventional medical system where the self-care strategies are really tough. I don't get paid to you know talk to the patient for an hour and give them all the info that they need and all the tips and the steps in order to coach them to learn some of these self-care strategies. And so the reason why I built my business is because I really want to help people Truly heal and recover from chronic pain and chronic illness. Just because you've been diagnosed with pain, just because you've been diagnosed with migraines, um, autoimmune disease, does not mean you have to live with it forever. So, you can improve your quality of life, you can improve the way you feel, you can improve your energy through a lot of some of these self care strategies that you guys recommend, whether it be nutrition, whether it be exercise, um, stress coping, um, and kind of spiritual alignment. And so, um, And so I also really had a personal journey, to be honest, um, that kind of led me to build this business, Health is Power, because I got really sick. I got sick in medical school, developed an autoimmune disease um, that kind of left me a little bit debilitated and conventional medicine really failed me. And um, and that's where integrative medicine and wellness um, sort of helped me improve my quality of life and actually make it through med school and residency so I didn't have to quit. Um, I was. Can
1: you first. elaborate on that just a little bit? Because that was how we met you. You oh, helped yeah. us with our daughter. So oh, we right. didn't mention really your history with integrative medicine. Yeah, and
0: then, yeah I met you when um, I was still working in a conventional like medicine job as well. So. Yes, so yeah.
1: that's huge there, with you know your background and the knowledge that you have. So yeah, yeah so
0: Can you bridge that gap real quick too because like you were like classically trained as a physician but like you didn't stay in that lane and so like how did how did you make that leap like you talked about like the personal side of that but like we still find that there's there's so much pushback in conventional medicine to taking that approach like Mm -hmm. you know talking about the lifestyle things and you know trying to get to the root cause and not just treating somebody as a problem you know but as a person so like what was that journey like for you because like you were getting indoctrinated and then just decided like midstream to like just take another path so
2: so yeah it's yeah. So going all the way back um, to med school and residency. So yeah, I was classically trained. I went to University of Kansas med school. And and the first year of med school is is where I got really sick. I had a chronic mono. And after chronic mono, it um, activated an autoimmune disease called polyglandular autoimmune disease. Mm. And so this is where uh, it's a very severe autoimmune disease to where Like, I shouldn't have even been working. I should have just been laying in bed, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so this is where you have no adrenals. Um, You've got autoantibodies chewing up your adrenal glands. So you have no energy. You have no cortisol. You have chronic infections everywhere in your body. Um, You also have no endocrine gland function. So your thyroid, I mean, you're thinking every endocrine gland. So, um, So then when i was trying to go to all these conventional medical systems um and different doctors you know it was just the medicine i mean that was it and i i mean yeah i felt a little bit better on the medicine but i mean i i wanted to get better i mean i i was not gonna have this disease forever okay i did not want to be on steroids every day and so um So that's what led me to go to see Dr. Jeannie Drisco at KU integrative medicine. She was in a hole in the, you know, pretty much a hole in the wall, um, tiny, tiny cubicle in the basement, you know, she was in the the middle of the building in a hole. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I like, you know, snug tight with her and she just kind of went through, you know, nutrition, food sensitivities, um, supplements. Um, and I, I just started to feel better. And um, I started doing IV vitamin C because that helps the adrenal glands. It helps all the chronic infections. And I was able to make it through med school and residency. And then I said, Yeah, I I think this is important because we're not doing any favors for anyone with chronic disease in the conventional medicine world. Mm -hmm. And that's when I went to do a fellowship at KU Integrative Medicine and became board certified in integrative medicine. And so I treated both kids and adults as a practicing pediatrician. And so, um, but I also practice in general pediatrics at KU Pediatrics. And so I think because I was there and and all my attendings and, and the whole um, KU world that I was at in this conventional medical system knew me. I was a, you know, top-notch student. I was a top-notch resident physician. And I would bring the evidence to them and just kind of justify why I was doing what I was doing. And I think um, I didn't get much pushback um, from the people I was working with. I think more hospital-wide, we got pushback from people who didn't necessarily like integrative medicine in terms of new leadership when they went corporate. So Mm -hmm. I I kind of, and that's the reason why I left because I didn't think patient care was a big priority there. Um, And so, um, but anyway, before I left, I was seeing a lot of um, women and kids with major chronic pain and chronic disease. I mean, not getting any better with medicines, with their doctors that they were seeing. Um, And so that's what led me to go get more training in medical acupuncture to help with the pain and to help with the immune system, to help with chi, to help with the body's energy system. And, um, And so that's what then led me to Children's Mercy, I got recruited to help um, be trained in headache and pain medicine to develop this new headache treatment center where I'm at right now. And so um, so as I was getting trained in headache and pain medicine, I developed my own pain, which I've never had experienced before in my life. I mean, now I understand when a patient says they're 11 out of 10 pain, I know exactly <laughs> what they mean. I, I could never never imagined pain could be that bad. I mean, I had, let me tell you, I had peritonitis, um, which is a severe infection of the entire belly and the abdomen and the pelvis, secondary to an appendicitis that burst in my belly for three months when I was 14. That Ooh. was, I mean, I, I had pain, okay? I mm-hmm. mean, this, this was mama pain. And what we figured out was it occurred after the mandatory flu vaccines. So it was a flu shot that caused a small fiber neuropathy throughout my entire body um, that I honestly, I, I didn't even figure out, even though it happened um, after the flu shot, I was like, oh, it's coincidence. The weather is changing, you know, as a physician, as a conventionally trained physician, as a pediatrician, who gives vaccines thinking there's no risk, thinking that, um, oh, it must just be something else. Everything's a coincidence because vaccinations shouldn't have caused a vaccine injury or have any adverse reaction other than the CDC contraindications. Until my medical team figured it out, okay? Um, Because the pain just kept getting worse at the time of the flu shot, starting with the very first flu shot that I had. So I had to
1: interject really quick. I don't want to go down the whole rabbit hole of vaccines because that, that would be a two hour conversation. Right. Yes. But I, you know, I just want our audience to kind of, I want you to be aware that there are two sides to every story. And, and I think you and I personally have talked before, you know, when my kids were little, I'd text you and be like what do I do? <laughs> I've seen research going both ways. I'm not anti-vaccine, but I do think that there, you know, there's a lot of these and what, you know, what's best practice. I don't know. This is really stressful as a new parent. Myself also, I have personal, like when I got the Gardasil vaccine, when I was in my twenties, I was told you have to have this now. It's now or never. And so I did it because at the time I had no um, integrated background. I had never heard the term integrative medicine, functional medicine. I did not understand the lifestyle impact and my autoimmune issues flared up. After my third round of that shot. And looking back, by, by no means do I wanna blame that shot, only I was leaving for PT school, so I was very stressed. It was a stressful time in my life, you know, a lot of unknowns. Um, I wasn't sleeping well, I wasn't eating well. So I think it was just this perfect storm, but I do think that was kind of the cherry on top. And then I have had a number of patients get frozen shoulder right after the flu vaccine, like to the point where I do not see frozen shoulder all the time. It is not very common, it is not something we see every day in the clinic. So the fact that when I do see them, they've all had the flu vaccine, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. and that was like, you know, I don't know if this is it, but I got this back and my shoulder was never the same after that, you know, like Mm -hmm. there is something to that. And my clinical brain is like, oh, I want to do a research study on this because I think there's an autoimmune component. I think there's a component. I don't want to bash vaccines, but I just, I want our listeners to hear that it is important to have informed consent. It is important to ask questions to your physician whether it's for yourself or for the kids and mm-hmm. you know we've seen this with the flu vaccine it's not very effective right kind of depends on the year you're not getting every single strain in that vaccine so pros and cons here what is your family history is this vaccine truly appropriate for you and you may have to do your own research so sorry to get in my soapbox but i just yeah. think that's
2: important no,
0: <laughs> that's good
2: yeah I, I, do, I, and i agree i mean not to just to wrap that up though um I, you know, I think vaccines are so beneficial for a majority of the people, but what has um, been a disservice to us is there hasn't been research to look at subgroups of Populations that could have risk of adverse reaction. Mm-hmm. Is there a genetic risk? Is there an autoimmune component that yeah. certain people need to watch out for? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we can't just say there's no risk and that everyone needs to because that because that's um, that's unethical. I mean, if right. an individual has to suffer for the mass public, mm-hmm. I, you know, as a physician, I I took an oath not to hurt anyone. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So. Yeah so yeah so I, uh, that's just kind of my understanding even though I, I give vaccines for sure yep so anyway where were we at <laughs> yeah, we fine. were talking
0: about <laughs> when you when you had that vaccine yeah
2: your pain the and vaccine how, kind of triggered it right and then what oh, happened that after that yeah. yeah 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 so um so then i went on this pain route right i, I mean it's seeing multiple specialists i had pelvic pain um i had endometriosis i had um tumors develop i had i mean i had all this stuff going on with the chronic pain that just i mean i it, it was spun out of control i mean i would take care of myself i was sleeping i was eating well um but then stress was a huge issue right to where i feel like um something was misaligned where you know in this academic uh, physician world um we have to perform at a very high level and impress and impress and do more and do more and do more to where we just kind of burn out. Mm-hmm. And so I think I was just doing more than what I should have been as a human being um, <laughs> in order to take care of myself that I think I was depleting my body. And, and who knows, maybe that's why I had that reaction to the flu shot. Um, and so that's when I started you know, taking a step back and um, just trying to figure out what are my values what do I want to do? Who do I want to serve? Who do I want to help? How can I help people? And that's when I started um, meditating and started figuring out that this new um, business, this podcast um, is the next step for me. I think I really want to serve women in this way. And I really want to help coach them to heal from their specific symptoms um, that I've dealt with and how I've dealt with it, I can help them. Um, Just even with all the clinical experience I've had, not just the personal experience as well. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a huge passion of mine right now. And I'm hoping to get it up and running, which I am starting a membership, a members club um, on November 1st, where I'm going to provide Um, our founding members um, with a a monthly webinar or a video recording and have like a workbook um, and a health challenge with assignments and then have our own private Facebook group where Um, My husband, Randy Evans, an integrative dietitian, Mm -hmm. and then my colleague who's a nurse and personal trainer and holistic nurse and lifestyle medicine specialist um, also chime in on the Facebook group monthly. And our first month, we're gonna focus on letting go of limiting beliefs and um, kind of removing obstacles to our healing journey as like the foundation to start with for our first month in the members club.
1: I think that's huge because I think that women need to hear that they can get past it. Like it is possible and I'm sure I have not been in your situation. I've had autoimmune issues I've had to overcome, but not the chronic pain problems. I've seen a lot of that clinically, Um, but I think it's so important. I can't imagine after years of pain, like you probably do get to the point where you're dejected. And it's like, I've been to a number of people, I've seen every specialist, no one can help me. And then you're just resigned to the fact that I have to live with this. But, you know, that's not true, correct?
2: <laughs> no, you so can the definitely, amazing that's the problem. Is, it's like when you're diagnosed with endometriosis, oh, you're going to live with pain the rest of your life. Oh, you're diagnosed with Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. You're going to live with pain the rest of your life. That's not true. Pain is on the same pathways as our own emotional pathways, our own um, our own ability, our meditative pathways, our own ability to change the physiology of our bodies and experience mm-hmm. pain mm. or not pain
0: yeah i agree that's i was thinking about that it's funny you bring that up and this is just like my weird mind i was thinking about that earlier today as it related to pain it's so complex and it's probably the thing that i paid the least attention to in pt school the biopsychosocial triad and the farther out i get from school the more i become a firm believer that like that is the heart of the matter when it comes to dealing with pain. If we are not treating the whole person, if we're just looking at like the biological and we're not thinking about the psychological, the social component, like, you know, all the other factors that play in, cause it's like in PT, it's like, we know that people can have pain and have a completely normal MRI. Like their spine Mm -hmm. doesn't show a thing. And it's like, you can't sit here and tell me that it's just mechanical all the time. And, you know, it's, it's really interesting. But I just wanted to to stop for a second and thank you, Anna, for just sharing your story. Mm-hmm. Um, it just really hits me in the heart because I think that so many people that we talk to who are kind of in this, I call it like a 2.0 version of medicine are are here because of the struggles that they've had um, personally and professionally. And I think it's very easy for people to to lose hope Or to fold in on themselves and for you to not only like overcome your problem, but then take that struggle and take that journey and want to help other people. I think that is what is going to change medicine for the better. It's not going to be a policy level, you know, change. It's going to be a grassroots movement like this where providers who care about treating people like people, you know, talk to those people. And reach out to them and treat them like people and that's exactly what you're doing so i can't wait for your program to start and we're going to promote the heck out of that when (laughs) when you start in november because we need we need more providers like you for sure
1: Being being a woman i love women's health i feel like Women are deserved in so many ways um, in the healthcare profession. So it's just super fun to connect with people like you that are doing what you're doing. So
2: yeah, and they've actually done studies on that where women's health is not a big priority in many of the research field no. in medicine. We're so. too complicated,
1: yeah. is right? Like we're just, yes. we're too complicated. It's too much work. Why would we? <laughs> right.
0: Well, that's the field you know that I grew up in, strength and conditioning. It's like all the studies on like fitness were done on college-aged mm-hmm. men. So it's like you know you can't really have a conversation about like. How do we train women, you know, and Mm -hmm. what, what's the difference between, you know, how we train men and how we train women, which I think is super important.
1: Well, and there are some research studies now talking about like our cycle and when is the best time to do plyometrics versus peer strength training and more static things versus dynamic. So that's cool. I mean, it's not Mm -hmm. a ton, but it's out there. So
0: Yeah absolutely.
2: Yeah. Preach
1: it guys. Totally, <laughs> totally on board. <laughs> yep. Well, and I want to go back to the headache, um, the headache work that you do. I'm super interested to talk more about that because so in, in the world of PT, we have several different types of headaches. So when a client comes in here with headaches, it's like, do you truly have a migraine? Do you have a sorbicogenic headache? Do you have a tension headache? or is it a migraine? And, you know, there's various components in each of those categories as well. So, um, you know, typically our clients, if we're going to treat them, it's like, well, if migraine medicine didn't work for you, it's probably not a true migraine, right? So, oh, you know, yeah. let's look, is it a disc in your neck? Is it a tension headache? How is your posture? Are you strong in your upper back? Those are the muscles that kind of help your head hang on. So most people aren't because we slouch over and we get very weak in our upper back. So, you know, those are kind of all the things that we look at from a very broad very broad view, um, but what do you see? Like, are you seeing true migraines? Are you seeing all of those things? And then talk more about your treatments.
2: We are seeing all of those things. I think in our headache field right now, we're seeing a lot of more of the chronic refractory headaches, but, and so when they become chronic and more difficult to treat, they like combine everything, their mm-hmm. tension headaches, their migraine headaches, because if you do just start off with migraines, for example, you um, can start changing the way your pain pathways work Mm -hmm. and it starts sending signals to your skin and to your muscle tissue, tightening everything up as you know, Mm -hmm. causing tension type headaches, causing myofascial pain, causing muscle constrictions, causing um, your posture to be abnormal, the biomechanics to become dysfunctional. And so so we do work with physical therapists quite a bit. um, And, one of the biggest problems right now in COVID is that this virtual schooling, everyone's sitting now all day long, yeah. staring at the screen, but they're doing it. They're like, they're laying in their bed and they're, you know, <laughs> I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. their ergonomics are totally off. And so now we're seeing more of the neck type cervical more the headaches coming from um, their posture issues. And so that's been interesting to see. I mean, it's so complex headaches. It mm-hmm. it's, um, there's nutritional components. I mean, if kids are skipping meals, um, that can cause a headache. If they're eating too much processed junk or if they're eating too much preservatives, that can cause a headache. Um, Everyone has unique triggers. Um, Mm -hmm. It could be food, it could be the environment, it could be lights, Um, but- um, Can you talk about that really quick? Because I was curious with the COVID thing. Yes,
1: there are posture issues because we're not really set up. Even my my clients who are adults working from home now, I've had a lot more ergonomics. I mean, I talk to all my patients about ergonomics because most of my patients sit for work, but now you're home and you're really not set up.
0: You know,
1: there's no desk. Maybe you're at at your dining room table, your kitchen table. There's
0: definitely been an Um, uptick the last six months in our practice. But what
1: about blue lights? I mean, you mentioned that, you know, these kids that are slouched over in their bed, but is the blue light exposure and being on screens all the time an issue too?
2: They, so the data for that in terms of the evidence is a a little bit um, heterogeneic. I mean, it's not that great right now, Mm -hmm. but anecdotally, yes. It completely helps them when they block the blue light yeah. um, or or decreasing their screen time. So one of our medical mm-hmm. students just did a study on screen time and um, hopefully it will be published sometime soon, but um, it does look like blue lights do bother them. And there are these, you know, blue light blockers. There's you know that F.lux um, yep. that yep. kids yep. can use. Yeah. So I think that's very beneficial. And most um, kids and adults will say that they do have improvements after they're wearing those blue light blockers.
1: Cool. I love that. Yeah. It's not, I mean, research is wonderful, right? But let's be real. Research studies are expensive. They take a long time sometimes to get published. So what we are seeing clinically is so important to factor into how we treat our patients as well. So exactly. mm -hmm. Very cool. So I'm sorry to to interject about the blue light you were talking about just more the all the headaches that you're seeing, but I wanted to ask about that too, because I've had a lot of questions from parents about that. And I've seen a lot of comments from parents on our district channel about remote learning. Their kids are getting headaches. So
2: Yeah. And so um, not so just outside of even just the positional triggers, you know, and nutrition triggers, thinking about um, the stress and the emotional pain that we were kind of touching on during when we were talking about chronic pain. But this is a big I mean, it's it's the number one thing that worsens the headache, causes um, headaches to be very difficult to treat, mm-hmm. and um, and and it's difficult to teach adolescents in our you know um, headache clinics. Adults, you know, you've got more of the frontal lobe and and more of that you know executive function, mm-hmm. um, and kids really need to start developing that awareness. And you know, if we can really partner with parents and um, psychologists and counselors to really promote the awareness of the emotional pain and the misalignment with um, who they are as they are developing themselves right now, as, as we see a lot of teenagers with chronic headaches. You know, they're, they're just trying to figure out who they are. They're trying to, you know, be like their friends, um, not really paying attention to their own bodies, um, you know, just being totally disconnected from themselves, not just physically, but, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually as well. And so uh, this is this is the hardest part to treat. Um, but if they take care of that, I mean, their headaches can be so much, they don't need medicine at all.
1: And I think that that's super important even to teach going into adulthood, because let's be real. As we discussed, even before we pressed record on this podcast, what are we all dealing with? The three of us right? Now? Yeah. like, Oh man, how are you doing what you're doing? Well, Hey, Tim and Jess, how are you? Do- I don't know. <laughs> We're just doing it, but you but know, life is, is stressful. It. Like it's just going to be for everybody, even when you have good stress. So I think it's a very important skill for every single person to know how to deal with stress, what they can do to take care of themselves. And that's not a skill I think anyone really teaches in school. So you don't learn it unless you deal with something big and then you kind of figure out how you got to deal with it. So.
0: Yeah, I would agree.
2: Well, and you Mm -hmm. have to set boundaries with people. You have to disappoint people. You are going to lose friends. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's tough. I mean, especially for the younger population that I see, you know, teens don't want to lose their friends. Don't want to have to stand up for themselves, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, And it's hard because they've got parents. They got to be told what to do still and, and, Mm -hmm. and not really develop themselves and who they are and so it's a tough situation for adolescents with headaches I'd say for sure in terms of the emotional pain and the stress concept a little bit easier for adults but still adults have a very hard time yeah yeah (laughs) for sure
0: well like Jess said I think we we don't have the conversation very often as children for sure but even as adults in terms of how to deal with stress and I think you know we see people kind of fall on one side or the other it's like either they have no capability of dealing with stress or they just internalize all of it and they go and they go and they go until their body's like, nope, you don't get to do that anymore. And it's like, neither strategy is very mm-hmm. helpful. You know, it's like we talk about with exercise. It's like, there's a certain amount of stress that's actually healthy to create like a positive adaptation. But if you don't, you know, really have the, the ability to discern how much is enough, then yeah, that's when things start to break.
2: So. Yeah. It's funny because many of my healthcare colleagues, so, you know, since COVID happened, you know, there's a lot of short staff and everyone's burnt out. We're trying to make up for all the financial losses, seeing more patients. And so everyone is completely burnt out. Everyone's cranky and everyone's just falling apart and really stressed out. And when you're asking them, well, or, you know, when they come to me, because I'm the integrative physician and and know a lot about wellness and they're like, what do I do? You know, how do I take care of this? And it's like, are you resting? They're like, no, if I, if I rest, I'm going to get depressed about everything. And I'm just like, you know, I think there's a reason why you feel depressed. You have to work through those emotions and those Mm -hmm. repressed feelings and release them. You just have to work through it. You got to feel in order to let go.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I I went through grief counseling when I lost my mom last year and it was the most, probably the most productive conversations that I had all year long. And those were not fun conversations. Like, and, and I was not, happy when I left every time you know I would say generally like I didn't want to talk anymore when I was done like when I'd come home with Jess she'd be like how'd it go and just be like and yeah. I'm the
1: one that's like how's it going what's new whether it's anything yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I would do counseling so poor Tim because yeah. it,
0: it didn't really feel like I was winning at all but like it was but it, it was it was it was so instrumental and it it brought me to a point where I could have like a a mature conversation about it and I could you know deal with and process the loss, you know, and I think that applies to stress as well. It's like, you've got to deal with it at some point and you've got to deal with it in a healthy way, because if you don't, it will eat you alive Mm -hmm. and it will compromise you, you know, as a whole person as well. And so, you know, for me, one of the things we talked about, we talked about this, I think a couple of weeks back with one of our friends, it's like, there's got to be some things you talked about this as far as boundaries, there's some non-negotiables. So it's like, yeah, like, we're going to sleep. And like, for me, like, I'm going to move and train. Like, I'm a horrible person if I don't exercise. That's true. <laughs> yeah, like, it's not, yeah, it's not pretty for anybody. But I think, you know, people really need to, you know, think about those things that that are, like you were mentioning earlier, it's like there's so much output we're dealing and we're reacting with all this stress. It's like, when are you putting something back in? And if all you're doing is putting out and you're never putting back in, eventually you're gonna be empty, Mm -hmm. so.
2: Yeah, and I think we all have our, you know, our genetic weaknesses where we are gonna get sick if we don't take care of ourselves. And, you know, it can manifest in headaches, it can manifest in pain, it could manifest in autoimmune disease. So, I mean, we all take those hits in certain areas. And, And I think that's where prevention comes in and that's where you guys come in and that's where you know this wellness field is is really going to help here in the future and i think it's going to be really good because i mean i think covid was really good in a way that i know it's decreased a lot of healthcare access but i think it's going to open up this wellness field to help do, or focus more on prevention and make that more important in our society. And so I think that's awesome that you guys are doing this podcast, the Healthy Casey yeah. podcast for Kansas City.
1: Well, it's it's our favorite thing. First of all, I love people. So if I can chat with anyone around town any day of the week, it's my best part of my day, hands down. But, you know, we want our listeners to hear about people like you because This is what is going to make our people well. We need a team. Tim and I are not the only thing. PT is only a part of it. And maybe our clients don't need us first. Maybe they don't need us at all. You know, they come to see us for certain things, or it's a friend that's calling us or a family member. So it's important to us to know people like you, like who can we refer to, who's in town, and how can our listeners hear about all the amazing providers we have because Kansas City is really unique, you know? Like or it's sort of a small town, but <laughs> yeah, you know, we got a lot of great stuff going on too. I mean, I know it's not Chicago, it's not New York, but I think there's a lot of opportunity here for health and wellness and it's just becoming bigger. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to think what it was I was, Oh, um, I'm doing some continuing education on cervical spine and headaches and things like that. So in- interesting timing to talk to you right now. And what was fascinating is Tim and I have been coaching our patients for years, asking me about nutrition, referring out when needed, but at least asking about it. Hey, I think you have a problem here. I want you to go see Lee Wagner. I want you to go see Brooke Size. And we both had those ladies on our, our podcast to interview them too, or you know, another dietitian, Randy, perhaps. And uh, we gotta get him on. Do we have him scheduled? No,
0: no, yeah, gotta give he, Randy a little being shout out here right? and as his usual, husband. You know,
1: <laughs> that's my husband. Yeah. Yes, he's yeah. a dietitian, guys, and he's phenomenal. <laughs> so he actually was one of the first people, like he was my first dietitian. Um, You knew him before that, which is why I went to him. Yeah,
0: because so, that was how it, I eventually, yeah, I got connected with KU yeah. Integrative Medicine. Yeah. Randy came to Elite, where I used to work, and then we had conversations about like the the good, the bad, and the ugly of the ketogenic diet and like, you know, how I was going to keep my brain from like melting out of my ear. and <laughs> oh, like all yeah. those things. So, I mean,
1: you guys yeah. were the first people we connected with on this journey, but we've been talking to our patients about the importance of sleep and coaching them on um, sleep yes. hygiene. How do we help prepare our body for sleep? How do we make sure we're getting good quality sleep? I'm um, talking about stress management, management strategies, like bringing the end of PT for better part of a decade now. Yeah. And now it's coming into my continuing education. I've done the continuing ed with the same company for the last 10 years. And they were talking about a book on what supplements um, help with myofascial pain, you know, things you can request from the primary care doctor if you're not seeing improvement. I mean, it was, it's really cool. And talking about the lifestyle piece of things. And part of me is like, really, hey, that's my stuff. (laughs) getting really possessive over that. And they're like, wait a minute. No, no, this is good for everybody. Like everybody needs to be teaching this. I can't get possessive over this, but I'm like, yeah, I should be teaching this. I know more about this than probably all you you're, but you're finally bringing this into traditional physical therapy now. It's just so That's so So, cool. That's awesome. awesome. Oh, that's so good to hear. Yep. Yep. So it's coming.
2: (laughs) We're almost there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um,
1: talk a little bit more about your business as well, and this membership model that you're going to have with your business, because you'd mentioned kind of that first, like what you want to talk about first, but what does the process look like? For these women dealing with chronic pain?
2: Yeah. So, um, the reason why I was thinking more of a membership model is because, you know, you can't do every, you can't do all the self care um, therapies and strategies all at once, right? Mm -hmm. You can't just have a course and then, you know, go for it because it's just so overwhelming. And so, you really do have to take it step by step. And so, that's why I wanted to do more of a monthly membership is to focus on one kind of self-care topic each month, kind of master that before we moved on to the next and then have it really be um, kind of our members really guiding it to where they're at. So, you know, I mentioned our first month being more like, let's kind of go over our limiting beliefs, which kind of has to do with a lot of our stress and a lot of our, um, you know, difficulties towards healing. Are we not setting boundaries with our family um, when we're not, when we're like giving too much of ourselves to our family, to our friends, to our colleagues, and we're not getting enough time for ourselves, is that one of our, you know, limiting beliefs are um, obstacles to our healing path? And so, Um, So I kind of wanted to start a lot with some of these wellness domains, whether it be spiritual, whether it be nutrition, like fuel, for example, and then kind of go into a lot of the stress coping, the sleep um, difficulties and how to manage people who have insomnia, which is also a lot of the times caused by stress. Um, Mm -hmm. And then really also focus on more of um, conditions um, kind of as a... um, kind of as a kind of outsourcing a little bit for many of the members who might have certain conditions and kind of placing them into kind of mastermind pods to where we might, you know, focus on PCOS, whoever might have it or pelvic pain or autoimmune disease, thyroid dysfunction and things like that to where we can get kind of more of the nitty gritty details and and provide more information and resources for people with specific conditions.
1: And I love that because I feel like everyone needs accountability talking to other people that deal with that too is so helpful, I think, in healing in and of itself. So it sounds like you'll have little groups where people can talk to each other who are dealing with the same thing as well as have access to you, right? Yes. Um, oh, yeah. and your expertise and how to help with those things. So very cool. Very yeah
2: cool. i'm excited yeah we'll see and i, I think i'm hoping that founding members they do get a discount um and for when they first start and i i think they're hopefully going to have more access um as they're going to hopefully help me build this membership because i want to build it for them it's not for me it's for them so yeah they're going to help guide me in terms of what i need to do for them
1: yeah well that's amazing yeah. well anna um where can people find you so your own business your website and then even with um those listening, if you have kiddos with headaches, or if you are struggling with headaches yourself, I think what you're doing at Children's Mercy is phenomenal. So talk to our audience about where they can find you in all those places.
2: Yeah. So my personal business that you can find me on my website, www w.healthispowher.com. And I also have um, an iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify podcast. That's Health Is healthispowher as well. And I'm on Instagram and Pinterest and Facebook. So anywhere, any one of those, I'm mostly on Instagram though. And at Children's Mercy Hospital. So if you have um, kids, um, you know, three through 21, I believe is what we see you can go to www.childrensmercy.org and search for headache relief clinics and we'll pop up. And we also do acupuncture there. So acupuncture outside of just the traditional headaches as well.
1: And so if somebody has an active headache, meaning they're in the middle of a headache, um, they can call you and get in that day to see? you.
2: They usually they can. Okay. I will say, um, depending upon when this podcast airs, the contact center is having a complete telecom issue for the last month. So oh, no. every, I know. So I think uh, they might have to call the neurology clinic right now. Oh, wow. And it's, I'm going to say the number it's eight, one, six, two, three, four, three four nine zero and press four to speak with a nurse don't press one you've got to press four okay in order to schedule
1: very cool and is that for new patients as well or do they have to be established
2: nope anybody for me they can yes for me anybody i can see anybody um and so for like the comprehensive headache program they do have to be established yeah
1: awesome So cool. Anna, thank you so much for your time and your expertise. I can't wait for our listeners to hear this. And um, what you offer is so valuable to our city. And I love that you're starting your own business. I think we asked you years ago, Anna, when are you starting your own thing if you need to?
2: (laughs) I'm doing it slowly, very slowly. I'm inching, crawling towards
1: (laughs) here. Important. And it's so funny just to wrap up here. I think every person we have talked to, Mm -hmm. this um, theme of stress keeps coming up. Like Every person we talk to, like, what is, I mean, there's all, all things, all, all sorts of things. But what is the one thing that really pushes people over the edge? Stress, stress, stress. So, yeah. <laughs> Number one. Yes. Yeah, so for those listening, you know, that's, that's so important to manage. We're all going to have it. It's not like we can have no stress, but I'm um, teaching ourselves how to handle that, how to set up boundaries so important. So thank you for that reminder today, for our kiddos too, especially in the middle of a pandemic, trying to deal with all of the crazy changes, ourselves included. Our life has kind of been turned upside down. So we're, we're dealing with the same thing as a lot of our clients are too. So Absolutely. yes, Anna, thank you so much thank for your you. time. Yes. And I'm sure we'll have you on again as your business grows to chat more.
2: Thank you guys so much.
0: Yeah. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Healthy Kansas City Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, check out all of our episodes here or at restorethrive.com. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes to help others find our show.
1: Restore Thrive is the home to Kansas City's top physical therapy and performance training practice. We're all about helping active individuals and athletes get back to the activities and sports they love without pills, injections, or surgeries. At our core, we believe that you should be able to grow strong and age gracefully.
0: So whether you're trying to get ready for your next race, ready for your next workout, ready to keep up with your kids, pretty much ready to win at the game of life. Check us out and
1: follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Restore Thrive.
0: Until next time, be well, everyone.